the Habib Singh podcast. It's a huge honor for me to have Viraj Janeja on the show today. He's a, a friend and an actor, somebody who I follow on Instagram. If you're not following him, that's the first thing you should go and do. It uh, will be the highlight of your day, bring you humor, make you laugh, uh, brighten your day, and, and we could all do a, a little with a little bit more of that. There's enough there for the week. For the week. Uh, before we go any further, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. The more interaction we have with this video, the more the video can get out to more people, reach more people, and, and we can get more eyes on this content. So thank you in advance for that. Viraj, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, man. Um, I, I wanted to record the bit we did before this because I, I found that I found everything you say really funny, but I think I'm... Uh, I, feel, I suddenly feel like, you know, when you said that I saw the three, two, one, I was just suddenly text stuff and I was just like a different person to that pre-convo chat. But um, how, I'll try to just be myself. Still. How do you switch on? Like, well, how do you go from, with acting, how do you go from being yourself to... It depends. That's a really interesting question because recently the project I was on, here we go, I'm going to plug myself already, Please. Little English, a feature film uh, coming soon. Um, that was a character that's probably been just exploring like a really different side to me. He's, he's a kid who is, I, he's probably seen as a bad egg, but for me, you don't, obviously as a person, you can't play the bad, your bad egg, you play the, the emotion and he's been, um, sort of ignored and there's a lot of pent up frustration there. And so for me, it was, it was really emotional journey. Um, and so I would, I would literally say to like, an hour before a scene, I'd be like putting my headphones in. I'd be having banter with my people and friends and then suddenly be like, right, no one talks to me. I'm going into that room for like an hour to whatever. Um, like, don't, don't come and even look at me. Um, because you, you just kind of, you just kind of, um, you figure it out that process and different characters will bring up different things and you'll know what you have to do to reach a certain point. So, yeah. But if it's, if it's more like a sort of a, uh, so my other film I played get in it's called Get Juked on Amazon Prime, um, and I played this. Have you seen it by the way? Not yet, but I'm going to watch it tonight. Wow, that's the sign of a great podcast host, man. Look at that! Look at that! <laughs> um, I play a character who's very much out there. He's extroverted. He's um, he likes to rap about uh, a certain body part of his and make rhymes about it. Um, and I was showing it to my friend the other day. It came out last year. So there was like literally that first week I watched it like 11 times with different family friends and groups and I hated it. By the end of that week, I, I was like, this is the worst film ever. I hate it. Uh, but I literally watched it two days ago with another friend and I was like, oh my God, this is brilliant. And then she turned to me and she just went, but you weren't acting. That was just you. That was yourself. And my friends have said that to me as well. They're like, that was just you though. That was just, that's your personality. So I think for that project, I was able to just relax and just know that that's within me and and I can do that. Um, so it really depends on, 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 on the job and the character. It sounds like you have to get into character. When you're, when, two questions off the back of that, do you feel like yeah, the character mm. has an impact on you, like it changes you, or do you feel like you are making the character fit around yourself? Does that make sense? I think it's a mesh. I think it's a mesh, it's a compromise, not a compromise, but it's like a fusion of both. It's, um, it's a collaboration, because obviously you've been hired to do this job because, you know, you can send this script to hundreds of actors, right? And every time you're going to get a tape, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. The same lines, a hundred people will say differently because everyone comes from different walks of life. Everyone's been influenced through different things. So this line might mean something to me, whereas to you, it's nothing or vice versa, or there might be a bit of, you know, a uh, little masala on it that you're adding that I might not have, I might not see. So 
um, I feel like you're bringing your own experiences and your own sort of um, influences to this to this character. But at the same time, you're experiencing things that you might not have experienced or you're putting yourself in a frame of mind that maybe a part of you try to lock away or you don't see yourself as this person, but you're really tapping into that. And so, yeah, there's been times where it's been, I've been left almost, you know, it takes some time to get out of that as well, especially the the uh, emotional scenes that I mentioned before. It can take like maybe half hour, 40 minutes of just, just getting out of that scene and, and forgetting it and being like, okay, that's, you know, that's the scene that's done now. Let's move on because you've really kind of put yourself in a state of mind or, really sort of encompassed um, an emotion or a part of you that you wouldn't usually tap into as much frequently, or you've really lived, you've put, you've put those shoes on. Um, so it takes a while to, to get them off, really. Um, I'm, I'm making notes so that I can ask, come back to some questions that I, I, are coming up into my head. I thought you were just playing like a little Sudoku. You got bored of me talking or something. <laughs> um, with the audition process, that that's probably a process that not, many people out there could handle, you know, getting that much rejection, not saying that you get a lot of rejection, but... Mm. You, you, and No, it's true, we all do, we all do, yeah. And having to put yourself out there and having somebody judge you like that. Day-to-day, -day, people don't really have that experience, so how how do you manage that? I think, I think for me, um, I've never really seen it as people judging me. I've just, I've just seen it as, this is what I'm going to do with... Like I said to you before, like, you give me this script, Every person who walks in that room is going to say it differently, right? So this is just my interpretation. You've asked me to come here today. Usually the casting director will say thank you for coming because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a collaboration. It's a process. Again, you're working with them. You're not working for them. Uh, and this is just how I've prepared the scene. This is how I see it. And this is my interpretation. And if that fits with their vision or process or if they think that will work for their project as a whole, which could rely on thousands of different factors that, some of them aren't even related to what you're doing. It could be, do you look like the guy who's playing the dad? Do, or the guy who's playing the brother or the mum? Do you fit in that family? Are you like, Whatever, whatever. Um, so I've just seen it as this is my interpretation. Uh, I'm not putting my, I'm not putting sort of my confidence in you. I'm not giving you that power to say, oh, you're judging me. You're telling me if I can act. I like you have, there's, there's a certain degree of self-belief you have to have. And uh, you develop a thick skin because at times that self-belief gets absolutely battered and beleaguered and wears so thin that you consider, you know, is this the right thing for me? But you have to just, yeah, that self-belief has to has to really persevere. So that's that, that for me is the biggest thing, just knowing that it's a process. I'm coming in today because this is my version of it. If it fits, it fits. If it doesn't, it doesn't. There are times when you feel desperate because, oh my God, this character in his description, it says he's Indian and he's... You know, from uh, West London, I was going to say my hometown, I don't want to give that out, but is he from West London? Um, that's that's for me, it's meant for me. Oh my God, this is like, this is my gizmoth, my destiny to play this part. And then when it doesn't happen, you're like, <gasps> you're left with with nothing because you've put everything in that. But if you just, I've learned over literally over the past year as well, because of COVID and lockdown, just do your bit. And uh, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's not meant to be. But just, yeah, just know that you've prepared for it. But don't put all your eggs in this basket because otherwise what are you left with? So you, you've, you found a system of depersonalizing it, right? So it doesn't, it doesn't impact you spiritually and emotionally and psychologically to a, a, a significant degree. 
I mean, to be fair, in the past, it really has. It really, really has. At times, it's been like, you know, you'd come home and like, lock yourself in your room if you didn't get it. And because I put so much into it and you start, you start dreaming and you start, you know, yeah, I've had, I mean, there was one last year that I didn't get, um, literally under those circumstances that I described about the character being what I had felt was like a perfect match. And when it didn't go my way, I was, I felt so lost and, you know, it was like I started having dreams that actually, oh, my agents phoned me and said, no, they got it wrong. The part is for you. And I'd be so happy and then I'd wake up and feel sick because, oh, my God, this isn't true. And, and you know, maybe it was the whole thing to do with the lockdown as well, not being able to get out and um, sort of distract myself. But uh, there, I've learned. I think you have to go through it to learn and to know that this isn't the way to live. Um, but. I think that also transcends into why I make my own work because it gives me that power back. You know, at the end of the day, creatives are self-employed. So are you really, are you employing yourself at the end of the day? Are you employing yourself? Doesn't mean you have to, you know, earn money for it, but are you employing yourself to do something to exercise those creative thoughts and those creative fibers in your body? Uh, are you giving yourself a chance to work on something? That's really interesting. I, um, I'm trying to process that, and I'll edit out the gaps. No, it's cool, it's cool. Leave them in, man. People will be doing the same at home. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's really interesting. I, um, I'm trying to think of... It's just like the whole, it's just, it's just like, it's like the whole um, permission thing. It's just like, of course, you have to earn money to survive and, and whatever, whatever. But also, if we're talking about manifesting and putting in this work and laying the ground roots... You have to do that yourself, right? You don't get paid to go to drama school. Okay, some people might get a bursary, or whatever, but generally, you don't. You don't. No one's going to pay you and say, "Hey, go and train, go and follow your dreams." You have to grind. You'll have to put that, put that, um, put that effort in and, and time and and emotion because you know this is what you love doing. Um, and I think you'll figure it out one way or another what you're meant to do. I appreciate you being so raw and uh, honest. Um... And I think that's what I'm taken back by because I haven't seen the side of you. Because we always usually just. This is what I mean. This is this is this. This is why I was saying to you, like when you asked me before, what topics do you want to talk about? And I said, I think it's just as important for me to talk about what I do when I'm not acting, as when I am, because that's part of being an actor or a creative is not actually being paid to do anything. And so that's when you have to have the, the most discipline and motivation to say, I'm going to make something happen here or I'm going to work on something. Because if you don't and you're stuck in your, your head and your thoughts and you go on Instagram and someone's posted a picture and they're doing really well and you start comparing, even though, do you know what I mean? They're different walks of life. They've got a different um, trajectory in life and, and whatever they've done. But you start comparing and thinking, oh, I should be like that person. And I, you know, why am I getting the same opportunities? Why am I not working? And then you just you just kind of you, you you lose yourself in this in this spiral in this rabbit hole that you know that you're not good enough and you're not you're not valued and so this is I think that's just the biggest part is the mental health and just knowing that you are good enough and as long as you keep going and you keep working and you keep dreaming and believing then the universe will in you as well. So first of all, when did you become so stoic? Secondly, was this something that you? trained yourself in or was this something that you picked up at drama school in terms of this 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 uh mindset this paradigm because i could imagine without it people would really in any field they would really struggle and with it you're kind of it's, success is inevitable right if you if you have that. yeah because also i think that's i think that's a really uh 
sort of a trigger word success what does it mean to different people it's different things i i you know are you looking at long-term success are you looking at you know short term are you looking at what's a successful day that's what i've sort of broken it down to i've got long-term goals i've got short-term goals but i i think the biggest sort of if i if i get home if i sit at home all day and I don't really do anything. I'll be so annoyed. Why? Because it's not been a successful day. Okay, what is a successful day? Knowing that I've either gone to the gym, that's like my anchor to to know that I've worked on myself physically in some way and mentally. If I've uh, looked at my notes of some ideas that I have, if I've, you know, maybe watched a film to stay in that creative bubble environment or to get inspired somehow. There's little things that I think I know and I've developed over time to um, to really sort of make a checklist of what is a successful day for me moving forward because if you want to achieve your long-term goals that's broken down into short term that's broken down into what you're doing in in today or the next hour or the next minute um so i feel like if you're working towards something long term why why aren't you sort of doing the little why aren't you doing the one percent uh why aren't you doing the you know the the minuscule minuscule details um that you have control over really is that system or or thought process something you figured out for yourself or is that something that you you have some help with no i think it's i think it's something that i figured out myself it's just something that i i know that from experience just of maybe uh being a bit younger and going out and you know having a good time or whatever but not really having a good time on not really being there because i have this guilt of like what are you doing like you you're you're partying or you're drinking whatever but what have you done what are you celebrating are you celebrating the fact that you just made it to another day but okay but what what meaning are you giving yourself here like why have you earned this drink or this night out or whatever like even even i mean it sounds awful because it it was awful at the time like even going to a friend's house and just like just chilling there sitting and having a good time it's just like i was never really at ease because i knew that there's so much that i want to do long term that i talk about so much and i you know i really um i really visualize and i i um i'm so passionate about when i talk but what am i doing to achieve that like right now or today what have i done to achieve that what what steps have i taken towards that and if it was nothing oh my god it was just like right i'm gonna have to find a way to go home early here and and just do, just to i don't know just just satisfy this um this discomfort almost so it's not yeah it's not really it's not really something i've, I've seen or i can quote it's just this feeling um uh that I've I've had for as long as I can remember, really. I wanted to ask you about that comparison being the thief of joy. And I noticed with myself, for example, um, I've looked at certain YouTube channels and um, I think, oh, that channel is massive. And then I think, well, that person's like not there anymore, right? Like they're not even producing videos anymore. They've disappeared. And, um, and you kind of feel like it's good to stay in your own lane and not worry about what other people are mm-hmm. doing just focus on what the long-term vision is for yourself. But how do you escape like seeing somebody and seeing someone blow up and think, well, you know, I'm better than them or, you know, I work harder and, you know, but I'm not, I'm not there where they are. I think, I think, yeah, of course that can happen. It, it goes back to the, you know, the social media comparisons and what parallels we draw between ourselves and other people. Uh, and yeah, I have I have thought that at times, like, oh, why is this guy? You know, why is their videos getting so many views? I don't even find that funny, whatever. But then I look at it and I think, okay, what content are they producing? What are they? What is their work that they're pushing? And that might speak to an audience that has is very social media orientated, whereas my audience might not. Or well, my my work is a particular niche market. Or I know that 
my if i if in my opinion if my quality of work or writing or whatever is is higher in my own standard i'd be more if i put like a video out that that compensated my my standards and my beliefs and 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 my my sense of humor or whatever it is that i'm i'm creating if i compromised in any way to to just sort of satisfy people online and say if that video got so many more views like i would feel so bad if i went on that video like every day and saw it blowing up and knowing that actually this i'm not comfortable with that like i'm not this isn't me i've i've literally just sold myself out to to speak to a few people here to a larger audience so i feel like i'd be happier with the smaller views or whatever and slowly gradually build it up rather than create a video that in my head isn't really that good because i'm trying to compensate and trying to um to really sort of uh bend over backwards for people uh and that blows up then then what people will kind of expect the same thing from you and you have to go again and do that thing and do that thing and then you're really sort of almost uh slowly edging towards away from what you were trying to become and what you what say what change you were trying to make or what different style of video you were trying to produce and you've just kind of you've conformed and now you're at the norm and now you're just another number and now you're just another person that you'd be like oh that person isn't funny mm-hmm. um so yeah, yeah. I, I have that you just have to trust in your own work and that's really interesting what you say because i feel like it comes back to what you were talking about earlier around what the definition of success is and um mm. you know i've made some youtube videos where i think oh, if my kids saw this, I don't know how they would like, whether they would feel proud of this video. And, and, and you think actually, well, if you stay in line with your own value system, then the content might get less views, but at least you feel like you're, you're in, you're staying within your own value system as opposed to compromising yourself just for the sake of views. Yeah. And I actually read an article a couple of years ago and it was about people. I don't know why I read this, but, people dying while taking selfies. So they had a guy who's flying a plane and he's trying to take a selfie and he crashed. And, you know, people do these types of things for views, right? And I think that's a dangerous, Mm -hmm. dangerous um, lifestyle when you're, when you're just trying to do something. I think it's also, I I, sometimes I watch people, I, I sometimes see people online and I feel sorry for them because they've been elevated to this status where they feel like they have to show everything and everything they do every moment of their lives really has to be recorded and filmed. And as someone who's trying to stay connected to this moment and really working on being grounded almost like that's a big, um, that's, 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 that's a major opposite, right? Of, having to always show and doing it for what to keep people engaged or people you have, you feel this, I feel like they, I don't know for sure, but I feel like they feel this need to constantly entertain or constantly show. And like, I'm just thinking you've to everything that you've done in a day, we'll see. So we know that you've not done anything else apart from that. And we'll know on the days that you don't do anything that you've not doing anything uh, because you haven't posted about it. Yeah. I, I was thinking of Jake, I don't know if, Jake I don't know if seen when you said that, because uh, with people like the poor brothers, they, they need to do more and more extroverted things in order to keep public's mm. attention and they need to do, raise more and more controversy 
in order to get the views uh, and keep that attention. I think that's what a lot of people are. They, they felt they pri the prize is people's attention. And I, I, I guess certain things like whatever they talk about in media, I think it's sex, drugs or violence. Those are the things that tend to get people's attention and tend to get eyeballs. So I guess that's, that's probably um, yeah, one I'm school of thought. I hadn't, I'll be honest, I hadn't, I hadn't even heard of um, Jake Paul before, like, a couple of months ago when someone said that this guy's fighting, um, was it Mayweather he, he fought? Uh, Logan Paul fought Mayweather. Jake Paul fought Tyron Woodley. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, okay, so yeah, even, I, I don't even, I'm not even uh, too uh, uh, well informed about that, but, yeah, and I, do you know what, for me, it was, it was the, it's these videos I see online where people are doing, um, like, pranks and stuff in public. And it started off as sort of basic things, but then everyone has to go and top it and they have to get bigger because if you do the same thing, people are going to think, oh, I've seen this before. Why don't you watch this video? So you've got to do something different and you have to, you know, your, your titles have to be clickbait and, oh my God, look what happens when this woman, you know, uh, slaps me and whatever, whatever. And it's just like, when's it going to end? And I feel like these apps as well, like, especially for younger kids have given them this, this, this easy, accessible stardom or fame almost by always recording things or, uh, you know, uh, just not even letting people live their own lives. If you see someone walking down the street and they're doing something, whatever, you have to record it. Oh, what's this guy doing? Oh, look, look, what's this guy doing? Can you not just leave that guy alone and let him live his own life? I'm sure he will know if he's doing something out of, out of the ordinary. You don't know his backstory. You don't know where he's come from. You don't know why he's, you know, say, for example, walking like that or whatever. So that's dangerous, I think, going forward as well, because we continue to celebrate these people and we continue to reward them with views and likes which really they don't mean anything do they yes and the number of people who creators who suffer from anxiety and depression and and self-medicate with with over-the-counter or, or um illicit illegal drugs is is massive because uh that isn't gonna fulfill somebody on a deeper level that that notoriety and, and those views and I, I was thinking of happy slapping. I don't know if you're too young to remember that, but um, I do remember that. They, it got to a point where some people were killed. Um, you know, people filming yeah. it and attacking people, and, and there were deaths around it. And women, I saw videos of women getting attacked, and it's uh, for the sake of what? It just uh, it just goes to what you were saying. People trying to go internet famous. People people trying to go viral. People just that's the aim. Let's go viral. Let's go. Let's get views. Do you see how many views I got? Yeah. So I think it is. Uh, really important to have some some protocols and some boundaries around social media especially for the younger generation uh, and probably around just, just this whole new system ecosystem of, of social media and, and putting yourself out there on the internet um but going yeah. back to the acting i wanted to ask you about there's going to be young aspiring actors who are going to be watching this what was the process like for you so, the, well, I think the first thing is to um, sort of pinpoint where I, where I sort of knew I wanted to pursue this, um, and this came from this came from doing loads of school plays at school, um, and just wanting to get involved at any opportunity uh, to perform, and just even like in class, if there was a bit of role play, right? Yeah, I want to do it. All right, Viraj will do it. You mean we know Viraj will do it because that's you know that's what he does really. Um, so just knowing that I had that. People, I mean, my mum calls it attention seeking. She might, she might not be wrong. Do you know what I mean? It might be a detention thing, but that's obviously that's how it started. Obviously, it's developed into something a bit more um, 
respectable, I hope. Uh, but just always wanting to be like, yeah, just doing something active and, and you know, being at the front of the class and performing and uh, things like that at school. I, I love doing that. And then obviously that transcended into school plays and performing and uh, singing on stage and, and, and doing some really weird stuff at the time that people... Like I remember doing a school play called Hairspray, uh, Hairspray the Musical, and uh, we came in uh, to do, like, there was a day of rehearsal where you did your first show and you didn't have to go to lesson. So we came in dressed in our own clothes and uh, I walked through the school gate and my friends were like, oh, what were you wearing your own clothes for? And I was like, oh, yeah, because I'm doing a a rehearsal for the school play, Hairspray. And they were like, what what do your parents know about that? Uh, Yeah, they're cool, yeah. Well, it's not a bit gay though and it's just like all right cool man listen you think all right why don't you come watch it why don't you come watch it and you tell me what you think and i remember this one guy who said that he came and he watched it and he was like bro that was sick man can you tell me when the auditions for the next play is and i was just like yeah cool man all right so i feel like there's a mentality that people are like oh if if especially for guys if you're doing anything that's creative or musical or artsy then it's a bit um you're seen as a bit weird or whatever but until they actually see the work like is a completely different story. And you'll know yourself. Don't be put off. Don't be put off by that. Don't be put off by being a bit different to everyone else. Like, that's that's such a gift. That's such a gift. I saw this quote recently. It just said, like, embrace not being normal or something like that. I was, I've really paraphrased terribly that. But that it just, yeah, embrace, embrace your weirdness. That's what's going to make you you. That's what's going to make you stand out. That's what's going to give you, like I said, when those 100 people say those lines on a script, your witness, your life experience, your energy and your vibe, that's what's going to create a totally different, unique interpretation that might get you somewhere, might get you the job or whatever. So em- embrace that. Um, I've just totally digressed. I'm sorry. Um, this is good. But yes, it was doing school, pl- doing school plays, uh, found a local theatre, uh, theatre school uh, to where I live, joined that for a couple of years about a year I'd say and then uh I went to this um part-time drama school in East London it was called Identity Drama School and that's when I just sort of that's when I first got a reality check because I'd come from school plays being that guy in school like oh yeah Mr Actor in school thinking I'm the shit sorry I'm swearing that's sorry uh thinking I'm the guy thinking I'm the yeah the um the stuff and uh then I was thrown into this drama school with people who were my age, but they were actors and they'd been on TV and they'd done stuff. And I'm just like, whoa, like, I'm not that guy. I'm not as as incredible as I thought I was because I was comparing myself to people who weren't really interested in, in drama or acting. And now I'm in a, in a, in a class full of this incredible talent. Um, but it was such an incredible experience because... I learned so much from the tutors who were teaching us, but also from just watching people in my class do their scene and and their mannerisms and the way they performed and the way they even spoke about acting as if it was a, a viable career and that was something that they, they were going to do. Um, and that just kind of normalised it for me, just having these conversations, hearing that on a regular basis, just like, oh, yeah, you, what you're gonna, you think you might book that job and you might be away for six months. Oh, yeah, cool, man, sick. Like, wow, this guy's really, you know, this guy's really sort of, in tune with himself and, and, and the way he views himself and his beliefs. Um, so that kind of normalized it for me, but it can be quite scary as well. Obviously traveling, um, you know, I come from West London, traveling to the other side in East London twice a week, uh, and still sort of studying at, at school as well at the same time. Um, but that was an opportunity that I got just because I had, I had pushed through, 
for whatever doing the other drama school then this opportunity arose that came to me and I feel like everything that I've done I can trace back to a moment where I was just like oh I tried that thing that one time and then this opportunity came to me and I took that opportunity but then the next one didn't come to me but then because I took the other one or did I failed in this one I met that person who'd recommended that one and and so it all leads and it's all like interconnected for me and all meant to be um which also goes back to you know how I handle rejection okay cool it's not meant to be but I've learned from this time and these people know me now and I feel like I've shown myself in a good light so that if they they know what I'm what I can bring to it now if they've got a character for next time or or whatever whatever um so that's just how I got involved I, I, I'd searched night and day for opportunities for agents people I can send headshots to and pictures and resumes and whatever whatever um I was yeah it was like an obsession it was an obsession that's amazing it just kind of shows what what kind of drive you need to to succeed at something. You you have to really be passionate about something. Like acting sounds. I think so. And, but you know you've obviously <laughs> you, you've done a lot of grinding. Yeah, I think it's. I think we see the glamour, the glitz, and the glamour. It's like it's like for footballers, right? Oh, it's glamorous life because you're watching. You know, look at the look at Ronaldo's house or Kevin De Bruyne's house or whatever. But those Premier League players maybe make up what one percent of the whole of footballers in the UK. Like there are people who are working nine to fives and then they're playing uh, a game in the evening you know um so, you know grassroots level whatever whatever level it's not glamorous until you, you get to the top whatever the top is perceived to be uh but that takes years and and years of of hard work and putting in that practice like jamie vardy's story for example i don't know if you know about the footballer for, for leicester city no um so he was playing non-league he was playing non-league football up until the age of oh, i'm gonna get this wrong but i want to say like 25 26 wow. he was playing non-league football wow. and then he got bought he got by bought by leicester uh for one million pounds when they were in either the championship or league one and everyone's like oh my god why are they spending one million pounds on a non-league player and then he got he helped them get promoted and then he won them they he won the premier league with them uh and he was the top scorer in the league as well i think that season or he, he got the, the new record for the most of the most goals in consecutive games or whatever and it's just like what a story it's just a normal guy who's just put that work in and um, he's been given a chance and he, and he took it. But, you know, you can't just see that one year of him winning the league. You have to look at the whole bigger picture of how many years he's grinded and suffered and probably thought that he's never going to make it to playing professional football, let alone Premier League and let alone winning it. So that's that's a story as well. And yeah, yeah be inspired by other people and their journeys. Don't, don't feel like um, this is something that only you are going through or you're experiencing. Like, this is... Be inspired. Look at other people uh, in a, in a good light, and and take from that. And don't compare yourself. Take the good stuff. If you're looking at the bad thing and you're drawing comparisons, be inspired. All right. Next question. Uh, yeah, I think I want to ask you about. I want to ask you about calisthenics. Your training. Mm. Can you talk to us about that? Because the normal route is people do the kind of bodybuilding workout. They do a muscle group a day, that type of stuff, yeah. right? So you've gone down a different route, bodyweight training. And I've seen some of your stuff on Instagram. Plus, obviously, I've seen you in person. So um, how did how did that come about? Why did you choose that route? How's that journey been? Some say that, some say that after giving me a massage, your hands hurt from, from all my tensed muscles. So um. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, no, no, I, I started going gym and maybe like 16, 17, just because I wanted to like, you know, do something productive and I was just doing cardio or whatever. And then 
you start using the smaller, the lighter weights, and then you start doing weights. So I started to, yeah, I was doing weights for a long time, but it was, I had this thing in my head, like, oh, I don't want to get big. I don't want to get big because obviously I'm, I'm an actor and I want to play, you know, different roles. I don't want to get big. So I was doing the same weights and the same exercises and the same things for years and years. And I was just getting so bored. And I just thought, okay, do you know what? I'm going to go up in weight and whatever, whatever. And I started going up in weight. I started feeling stronger. But it was just so boring. Like for me personally, sorry if any bodybuilders are watching, I respect your sport and, and your grind. But um, just just doing the same thing in the mirror, looking, doing a set of the whatever, whatever. It's just picking up weights and dumbbells, whatever. And then it was it was in lockdown. Obviously, I became reliant on that as well to, you know, get a pump and look good and feel good. And I need to go to the gym. I need to bench today. I need to, I need to do some weights or whatever. Um but don't get me wrong, I was loving my bodyweight exercises as well, like push-ups and, and pull-ups I was still doing, uh, and tricep dips. But then it was during lockdown, I was going for a walk, and I saw this guy with uh, by a tree trunk, and he had these two um, gymnastic rings uh, looped over the tree trunk, and he was doing, like, dips on that. And I was just like, wow, that's so cool. Firstly, visually, that looks incredible, and I'm sure the strength required... Um, as I later found out, is 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 quite a high threshold to have to be able to do that. Um, but also, he's not relying on a, on a gym being open, or he's not relying on having some weights at home. He's just using his own body weight to get stronger. And I just thought that concept was like, that's insane. I went home, like maybe not that day or that week, though. I definitely ordered like a pair of gymnastic rings, and just went to my local park, and there was like a pull up pull up bar there, and I. I jumped up on the ring and I just thought oh the way the guy did it he just went down and up and I started I got I was just shaking just shaking for like a good 15 20 seconds and I was doing like in my mind it was like the deepest dip I'd ever done right and I recorded it and I was like oh my god I'm going so low I'm going so low and I looked at the footage back and I literally I was going just like that I was just doing that I was just doing that and I was just like oh my god like if I'm if I'm getting this much muscle engagement just from this one exercise this is incredible and because it's a different type of training you have to always switch it up and shock your body and all that yes 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 but it's fun it's so fun being outside you're not inside you're not caring about whatever anyone else is doing what weight they're using or, or who's using the 20 plate or whatever or in my case in my case the, the sixes um but it was just you're just doing it in your own time and i just thought that was so cool uh, and i think this was as well because of the added the added sort of uh, depressing circumstances of the lockdown, being outside in fresh air and doing something so active and progressive there, that just gave me such such a massive boost of like serotonin, everything, and going home and the next day waking up and feeling like everything had been worked and your core, especially at the start, um, you know, because I was I was fixated on abs in the gym, like oh, I need to get a good ab pump and I need to, I need to feel the burn the next day, otherwise I haven't worked out. Uh, and just like, oh, or like, oh, I need to target this muscle here. Then I'll do a couple of reps for this muscle here. Then I'm going to work this knuckle. Then I'm going to work that knuckle. But do you know what I mean? You get so obsessed. You get so obsessed. But then you go to the, you go, you do these exercises, and you're working like three, four muscles at, at once, and it's crazy. And and being able to sort of progress and. You know, I take my rings to the gym now as well because I like to do some sort of um, added weight stuff on it which makes me a total, total hypocrite for what I've just said. Um, but I get, I get these bigger guys. Sometimes people come to me, oh, what's the, what are these rings? Yeah, uh, what are you doing dips on that? I'm like, yeah, jump in if you want to, you want to try, jump in. They're like, yeah, yeah, cool. I'll just do, I was doing weighted dips on the tricep thing, 60 kg, so I'll do a couple on this. Yeah, cool, man, be my guest. And they'll jump up and they'll shake and they can't do anything. And they're just like, no, man, that's different, that's different, that's different. Now you're built different. 
and it's not it's just time and practice and just put it just knowing that you've progressed and that feeling just knowing that you've from day one to where you are now um it's a journey right it's a it's an ongoing journey a process it's not like oh i've completed it it's like cool i've got this progression to get to the next exercise like if you want in the gym if you want to do if you want to, if you want to, if your goal is to bench what 100 kg, you're going to work up to you know 60 to 70, then yes. 80, then 90. But with this, if you want to do a dip and you can't do a dip, there's no, there's no like, there's no shortcut. You have to do a different progressive exercise. Maybe you have to do tricep dips, you know, the solid with the, you know, the, um, the fixed bar, or you have to just work on some core holds at the top, and then slowly you'll be able to do a dip eventually. Um, so that's that's the fun as well, just knowing that these exercises lead to another exercise, which will lead to another exercise, which will lead to another exercise. And you're constantly evolving, constantly growing, um, and just having so much fun with it as well. I think you've definitely sold it to, uh, to me, especially. I'm going to go out, buy some rings and give that Calm a shout. down. Give me a shout, man. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we can film it. It'll be hilarious. <laughs> you can use it. Yeah, for, for sure. You can use for it sure. content for um, uh, gym fails. <laughs> That's, no, no, we're not about that life, man. We're not about that life. Um, not about that. We can start. We can start a new series of, um, of like one of those Buzzfeeds one. <laughs> okay, so what one piece of advice would you give the younger generation who are listening to this? Um, wow, uh, a piece of advice I'd give is don't don't feel rushed to figure out who you are, um, but also be open to who you are and don't don't try and and don't feel like you have to be someone just just take your time and figure it out it will come to you and when it does embrace it because it's wonderful it might be weird but it's wonderfully weird and it's what makes you you and the more unique people we have in this world the better amazing well done that was a that was a good one um thank you Thank you, Uncle. Thank you, Uncle. <laughs> where can people where can people connect with you? Where can they get in touch? Uh, yeah, so I'm on Instagram and Twitter. The same handle. It's just my name, Viraj underscore Janaja. Should I spell it? Because no, yeah. that's fine. V I R. I'll put it in the description. Oh box. wow! Are you sure? Yeah. You just shut me down there. Like, yeah, you don't need to. You don't need to do I'll that. I'll put it all in the um, description box so um, they'll be able to connect with you. And what what can they watch of yours? Um, so if you if you look at my Instagram bio, there's a link, a YouTube link there to my own short film that I made. I wrote it, I directed it, I produced it, uh, made the tea, did everything, um, and I acted in it as well. Uh, it's called Fudu, and it's a little uh, like an eight minute short film uh, about a based on me. It's about a Punjabi guy uh, who meets his girlfriend's parents for the first time, but he doesn't actually speak Punjabi and he's not Sikh, but she's told him. Uh, she's told her parents that he can speak Punjabi and he is Sikh. So he tries and there's a, a horrendous um, comic misunderstanding in that. Uh, and also, I yeah, so the film, the aforementioned film, Get Duked, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, you can watch that. And yeah, got another feature that we've just shot uh, over the past five weeks. Hopefully it'll be coming out next year. Um, we've got another week on that in October, but that's called Little English. So watch out for that. And I'm sure if you follow me, you'll, you'll see me posting about it nonstop. So, yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that chat. And uh, it's been the most, uh, the funniest, hilarious 
chat that I've had so far. So thank you for that. Thank you, man. I've tried not to make too many jokes, but we keep a bit serious. (laughs) 